What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the IFTV podcast. On today's episode, we ask the important questions. Is De Laurentiis, the owner of Napoli, ruining the club? They have now hired their third coach of the season. After, of course, winning the iconic Scudetto last year, is Allegri under or overachieving with this current Juventus side? And is football getting too soft? Yes, we dive into that after Hoysen, the 18-year-old defender of Roma, was given a yellow card after shushing the Frosinone fans who were booing him all game long. Of course, this did spark a debate amongst all of us. As always, guys, if you enjoy this episode, and only if you enjoy it, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. Hit the subscribe if you haven't already. It goes a long way. And if you're listening on any audio platform, rate us five stars. Leave us a review. We would truly appreciate it. Anyway, enough for me. Enjoy the show. Mother, why are you so mad? I'm not mad. I'm mad of your stupid friend. Ooh. Who? Who's Ooh. my friend? Yeah, this guy here. He's not my Who's next that? to me. That's for the not people that listen in audio. Why? Because he didn't open up the door for you? No, I texted him. I said, are we meeting at the studio for the game? No answer. I called him, no answer. Wow. Then he calls me after AC Milan lo- uh, loses wow. to wrap it in. I said, oh, the fans want you know what you think. And then I told him, go f*** yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, cut this, please. <laughs> That's it. Mike, what do you have to say for yourself? Is it true? I don't remember a thing. Wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're talking a, about, but it was a good night. I, I don't guess. receive a phone call from you. you, you. Want me to prove it to you? <laughs> I just said I didn't receive it. Oh, I didn't yeah. catch it. Uh, I'll catch. prove it to you. Yeah. No, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. You, we'll you, move uh, it. I'll put it on the phone with the mic. Well, it was a good weekend for for some of us. Less so less so for others. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. How you been Fresh I'm cut. good. I just finished playing pickleball. I got my exercise. Uh, Fresh cut. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna start getting in shape again. Excellent. You know, oh, you you out of shape? my next tournament. You we, out of shape? We watched. Uh, we we reposted the video that we did with you and Bajo. Do you remember we recorded a video talking about Bajo? Yeah. It did really well on uh, Twitter when we reposted it the other day. You look good too. You were in shape. Yeah. And one thing. I must say, this this man amazes me every every time. I send him uh, best wishes mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. Thank you that you reminded me. And he answered me after 30 seconds. Did you say hello? Because I said I told him to say hello. He answered me. after 30 seconds. That's wild. I mean, this guy must got a million messages yesterday, mm. right? I mean, he knows people all over the world. He was with the... the and in 30 seconds, he answered me. Because you don't want at the top five, guys. Thank you, Ravi. And I still don't answer on them. <laughs> Bajo has time, but Mike doesn't have time. Yeah, Mike doesn't have time. But also, the he made an Instagram yesterday. Did you see? Yeah, I Peter. I think with Peter the, sent with the it. With the car, yeah, track. he saw, saw it with the car coming in. Yeah, he finally do something with IFTV. We needed him to uh, and Robbie to make an Instagram for quite some time. And we'll link also the video if you guys want to rewatch it. He put it on the yeah. ground. Thank you. Uh, we'll relink it on uh, on Twitter if you guys want to watch the story of Roberto Baggio and you shared some some nice wisdom. Pete, yes, you're the big winner of the weekend as it always seems to be. Plus nine points at the top of the table with a game in hand. The Scudetto now, surely you've been avoiding it for quite some time. Surely now you're ready to say it's over. Uh, I'll, I'll wait another week. Or right, so. I'll say it's okay. Because a couple of weeks ago, I said that it's not over. Okay, now okay. It is. I'm going to tell you now, it's <laughs> over. Officially, unofficially. I want to wait till Atal- once the Atalanta game. All right, so let's make a bet. Let's make a bet. Well, you take the opposite since it's not done. No, yet. no, I'm not going to bet. There we go. Listen, it's at a, we're at a good point. This, but 
We still have to play you. Champions League. Okay. Juventus doesn't. Okay. So there could be a couple of slip-ups. And I'm not saying that, you know, Juventus will have to be perfect. And Milan too have to be perfect. We but, know they're not. No, I get it. But I think the concentration level starts to be high. Mm-hmm. And you still have to get through this. Atal- I think the Atalanta game will be the deciding factor for mm-hmm. Inter. Mm-hmm. You know, at, I would say at a 99%. This is coming from a hardcore Inter fan. If you couldn't... Uh, uh, guess it prior to that. Uh, we'll talk about your Champions League. We'll mm-hmm. talk about everything. We got to talk about the team first. The first topic is the team that wasn't first last year, mm. but they are on a complete and utter downfall. And it seems like Napoli have now officially fired Walter Mazzari just minutes ago here when we're recording it's, this podcast. It's about time. Can we fire ADL too? So that is my question. <laughs> Do you guys think De Laurentiis is ruining Napoli? Because as I mentioned, they're on their third coaching change. It has never happened in the history of Serie A that the team that wins the Scudetto fires two coaches in the following season. They also have the absolute worst run ever for a reigning champion, being 27 points behind first place. The coach that they're bringing in is Francesco Calzona. And I have to read his name because he's not a very well-known coach. Mm -hmm. He is the coach of Slovakia. He's going to stay on as the coach of Slovakia. They made a deal because he's coaching them at the Euros. He was the assistant to Spalletti and to Sarri and Napoli as well. And it seems like, again, Napoli have their third coaching change. So what do you guys think? I know nothing about Calzone except what you just said. Calzona. Uh, Calzona. Hmm. Calzone uh, is... Uh, some pizza, you know, pizza. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that word's used a lot in our group chat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... The best thing that Eddie could have done is sell the team at the end of the championship, get his billion dollar and uh, let somebody else run the team. They would have won a couple of more championships and maybe they had a chance to win the Champions League. But with ADL, it's a, it's a lost cause, I, I must say. He's the, he's the one that built this beautiful toy, but he's destroying this, uh, this toy this year. That's the way I feel about ADL. I think a lot of it, it's on him. Hmm. It's, hmm. Uh, it's interesting to say because of the seasons prior to Napoli win the Scudetto last season, I feel like we're all saying the same thing as we're saying post-Scudetto, hangover, victory, whatever the case is. But when they won the Scudetto, I remember all of us on the table said, wow, we were wrong. ADL really knew what he was talking about. The only team in Italy that didn't have that. He really did it with very little. And he proved everyone wrong. And now the season after, we look at it like that didn't happen. So I'm not saying I agree or disagree on anything, but does that have to do with anything with what was being said from last season? Well, I think obviously what happened last year, I think we realized it's a mix of so many things, just perfect timing, everything working perfectly, Spalletti's influence on the team, the squad being extremely motivated, um, and everything just working out as a perfect storm. And it all came crashing down, losing even your uh, sporting director and all these problems. Antonio, you've been very quiet. The body fans have been singing as well. You sent the video, a mm-hmm. TikTok video, actually, this is what mm-hmm. you sent, of the body fans singing De Laurentiis, yeah. which means De Laurentiis get out because the body fans don't want him. What do you make? Do you think he's hurting this Napoli side now? You know, in all honesty to you, De Laurentiis is not on the field. 
okay? The only one that they lost in terms of player, active player from the squad, from the roster of last year, it was Kim min So is Kim worth 27 points? No, but but for anybody to point the finger at just at De Laurentiis, I don't think I don't think it's the right thing to do. It's not, you know, it's the old team is not performing. <laughs> you know, hey, the ball is over there. Don't tell me that all of a sudden you forget because the the, the previous coach is not there anymore. What kind of a what kind of a squad is this? Don't they have any professional uh, you know? Uh, <sighs> You know, blood in the, on their system. Those are people played paid a lot of money to be uh, stepping on a field, especially Napoli. Uh, you know, at the Maradona. Mm. If you have you you have to have a lot of a lot of you know balls <laughs> to stepping on a on a field like that and just take the responsibility. I don't think De Laurentiis. For me, if you want to put on a scale of one to ten, I'll give three three the uh, Laurentiis and seven is the team. Okay, I okay? think I think to, to go off your point, Anto, I think. It's not so much just the changing of a defender, Kim, but it's knowing that, you know, what happened last year was not thanks to to God or thanks to this miraculous thing. There was people in place that made an effort and put things together that then obviously worked it worked out perfectly. But ultimately it came down to, you know, putting pride aside. And I think that's the biggest thing with ADL this year is more so the fact that he thought this is the team that I created. I did it mm. and I can do and I can rebuild it or build on top of it as I please. Not realizing that there's important components in building a roster and having the team happy. And we don't know exactly what happened with, with Spalletti, but as the rumors, you know, have been uh, discussed, you know, for, for the beginning of that season and before it was a matter of maybe a millions or something that Spalletti said hey I deserve a little bit more given the fact that I just brought the Scudetto to Napoli um, and I think probably the difference of what you would have paid you're now paying three coaches this year and you would have had a lot more time to think Spalletti wanted an excuse to be out to yeah I, I think so too Spalletti, I think Spalletti saw this he coming he knew that he could not repeat he knew that he could repeat he wanted an excuse to be out and uh, I think it's very unprofessional from his side because his contract did not call for he's ADL he's unprofessional yeah because his contract was not but they're not paying him anymore wait a he's moment he's getting paid they by Italy they were mad but at the, his decision to leave his he decision, told him way before yeah, but his decision to leave, it was to, it was a, it totally disregard all the the what he did before with Napoli and uh, all the player and all the the chemistry that yeah. he built up with the players the way we've been we've been just crowded because of Spalletti. No, those guys, those guys, they totally forgot how to play soccer. And don't tell me that just only Spalletti but was it does able make a to make them work it's like that. It's not so much about how they work; it's uh, about the locker room. I think the biggest problem with Napoli this year is the locker room. So let me ask you guys, do you think Matsari was fired now? And there's a lot that you could say about Matsari. Uh, I mean, the, the stats are pretty bad. In his first 12 games, he got 15 points. Compared to Rudy Garcia in his first 12 games with Napoli, he got 21 points. So obviously, it was a drop-off. The football was completely mm. different. It was reverting back to a three-man back line. It was about overloading defense, trying to hit out on the counter. Complete opposite football to what Napoli were last year. Maybe the most jarring stat of all was that since Mazzari joined the league, they scored nine goals in that time. Oh From November 25th to last match, they scored nine goals. Not one other team, not even Salernitana, scored less goals than Napoli, which is insane. Do you? Th 
I have a soft spot for Spalletti, not to say that he's the savior of the team, because nobody here thought that. But he was put up in a very difficult situation with a difficult schedule in front of him with Osiman, who's been out at AFCON for the past month. Do you guys think this coaching change, which, of course, we don't know a lot about Calzona, do you think that this helps Napoli in any way for the remaining season? I, don't I think, think so. it does. It does. I'll tell you why. First of all, if it's true that this guy, Mike, got, he no, 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 no. first of all, if it's true that this guy was the assistant of Spalletti, so he must have learned something from Spalletti. He's the coach over the Czech, right? The Czech Republic. Slovakia, Slovakia. Uh, Slovakia. And then uh, he was an assistant of somebody else. Who else? It uh, was Sarri. a Sarri. Here you go. We're talking about two top coaches. Okay. Oh, nice. the, top coaches. the maestro. The maestro. You guys are. You, okay, you, okay, you consider okay, okay, the top okay, coaches. Sorry, sorry. So what I'm saying is, I mean, this Mazzari. This Mazzari was like. A, I said I got nobody else left. I said, Hey, Walter, can you come? Can you Basically. come and uh, do me a favor? Can you do me a Basically. favor? Right. I mean, I don't. Yes. I, you know, it's like De Laurenti said. Listen, I don't really like you, but I got nobody else. Can you just uh, save save uh, the? He fans? needed someone who knew Naples, who understood the fan base. Right. So they call Mazzari. Mazzari. Unfortunately, couldn't do anything because the uh, you know Napoli was is on a free fall as we speak yeah. right now. So uh, it's just uh, I don't. Mike I think this guy is going to do something good because I think he's got he's got soccer knowledge. Mike, Gaetano, you guys I, both I mean, disagree. I, I mean, I don't really have. Yeah, I disagree with Anto in terms of I don't think sacking him is really going to do much. I mean, what are you trying to salvage out of them? They, you're bringing in another the third coach of the season while fresh off the Spalletti era and all that stuff, and you're mixing all these emotions and these locker room, did might even get a decent chance to even see Mazzari, first of all? Also, 48 hours and forty-eight hours uh, later, they have to play Barcelona in the Champions League on Tuesday, I mean, there's, a, the mi- there's a million things going on right now. Listen, adding more to the fire. Uh, he had to make a change, okay? He had to make a change, because with Mazzari, you cannot keep going uh, the way he was going. But I would like to ask everyone here a question. Okay, let's take AC Milan, let's take Inter, let's take Juventus. Do you think that any of those teams, if they had the season that Napoli had playing the beautiful game, the next campionato, they would, the coach would get out? They would have done, the president would have done anything to keep the whole toy yeah, together yeah, yeah. for the mm-hmm. next season, not to you dismantle. And like he said, it's ADR, it's his pride, he, he, he wants to tell everybody, I'm in charge, I do whatever I want. And it, it definitely helped Napoli get to where they are today, because from Serie C, everything he did from Serie C do it, to now, he did unbelievable, they're one of the most healthy teams financially, but I think the argument was, if they would have, you know, for example, sold in the summer when their evaluation was as high as it could be, and then maybe he could have replicated what he did with Napoli with body, for example. Let's go to the next thing, another team that... You can never really pinpoint what's happening with them. It was one of the craziest matches I've ever seen with Monza and, and Milan. And I know uh, Pioli is a big topic for you because I was reading the group chat. Do you think Pioli is a problem at this Milan side and why they lost this game? Too much rotation. I was reading some of Why were you upset this weekend? All right. First of all, it's, I don't think it's the only problem. It's a major part of the, the, the problem at this Milan. What my problem with Pioli is, this is not the first time. The guy never learns from what's his not, mistake. What's not the first time? The first time that he just uh, he he just plays a formation against second second uh, teams, like so, or, or not not great teams. He, he just uh, he disrespect them by just not playing the starter. Okay, Monza. It's not a it's not a team like you know a middle of the table team that you have the disrespect. Well, they are, they are middle table. table. That's exactly what they are. 
Let me finish. Let me finish. To me, if it's the truth that Pioli is making 100% the, is the decision making mm-hmm. uh, in charge of all the, the formation, who's going to... Well, he's the coach. Yes, he does. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> if he's the truth, I think yes. he should fire himself. Come on. Fire himself? Come on, they're in third place. Pioli's Let on fire. Let me finish you asking that question. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's the only one. Let me ask, can I, can I ask a follow-up to that? Yeah. If Milan won this game, let's say... 2-0 and rested Lau, Giroud, Pulisic. But he didn't. No, no, but I'm just saying the alternative because it's easy It's easy today for us to say he made a mistake. And I'm not saying I disagree with you. What I'm asking, if Milan won this game 3-0 and then you rested those three players ahead of your Europa League match, would you be really happy? I think the question doesn't 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 make any sense. Okay, tell me. Okay, to me that question it's it's better that you don't ask. This I'm is, sorry. This Wait, is what this is, this is what's going on. I think there's somebody else behind Pioli that is making those kind of a decision or is helping him making this kind of decision. First of all, when you bring in your your starter on the second half. When you are down to 10 people, I mean, let's not talk about Jovic. Let's, when you are down to 10 people, you task them with twice as much work as mm. they were to, to, were to, to put it on the field if they were even to start the game. Now, those people that they came in, Leao, mm-hmm. Giroud, and Pulisic, it's like they played two times or two games in one day. And now you were expecting, no, you're expecting them to perform at a high level Thursday against the, the Lille. But is it Pioli's fault that Chow didn't know how to defend? It is. No, no, that no, Chow no, made, no, no. That no. Chow made a mistake that, I mean, we've never seen it, before. Chow is the least that I I, I, I give a... Me, uh, I'm on. telling you why. I'm telling you why. When you eliminate your best starter on the midfield, okay, Reinder, Reinder is supposed to be there all the time. He has never missed a game, only for uh, because he was disqualified. It was uh, it was out. But every time that this guy plays, this guy he balances all the midfield and especially on the okay. defensive side. So when you take him out, you take Giroud out, you take Leal out, and you take Pulisic out. You take four of the some of the best player on the team. Why don't you just? Uh, not that I wanted to just praise Inzaghi because I can't stand him. But this guy here, he wins the game on and then he takes them out. You have to go and don't don't try to catch up. You have to just go ahead, just give it a 200 meter, uh, you know, a distacco we say in Italy. And then you rest them. Okay? Anto, you know what, I just want to say real quick, you know what I don't get, Anto? That um, Milan already up. 4-0. 3-0. 3-0 in the Europa League. And they still he still wants to do rotation as if it's not they don't have one foot through the door. I think we are risking to get out too. To be honest right. with you. Okay. Let's, let's get everybody else's let's get everybody else's task. No. Because he does bring up an interesting point, and you look at Inter against Salernitana, he played everybody. Lataro and Turam, and you have a very important game against Atletico. What he, his idea of the turnover of the rotations was: let's win the game, let's get the game managed, and then change. Purely like, did the opposite. Listen, in the past, but Inzaghi has done a turnover, so it's not like that game in particular. I think uh, before his game, before before the Salernitana game, a lot of people were criticizing Inzaghi. So you can't have it both ways. Mm. You know, they were criticizing. How are you inert starting your starters when you have Atletico Salernitana? Should be a pushover. Yada yada yada. Ultimately, I think it also depends on you know, the coach and the training. So you don't know what goes on. They're human beings. They're not machines. I'll tell you so, what goes on, Pete. I'll tell you what goes on. Let me just say. Uh, these to, are the trainings. I'll tell you. You won 3 nothing against Lille, right? 
Rent. What rent, is the, rent. rent. I'm sorry. Rent. What is the chance for you to go over there and lose very little to nothing? That's not the point. This bro. is the reasons why you have the win with what you but have. You're looking why at that, but you're not you looking at not, the energy levels. You do not change what works. You don't change what works. Okay, now, 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 we are we put ourselves in the position to be tasking those guys and make them do their balance all the time. I'm not not saying that you have to you have to play everybody, but maybe changing four key players was not the smartest thing. I think I I thought it was too much. Yeah, that's the only thing. It was definitely an overkill. It was for sure. But also at the same time, is it really Pioli's fault that they went up against a Monza side that scored? Two goals in their last five games, and then they scored four goals on your defense. So there's other problems than just Pioli. What do you sure. what do you make of this? Maybe you don't have uh, good players to, to replace. Uh, you know, Giroud cannot play every game. You know, you 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 make it really like Giroud. He cannot play every three four four days. Who told you that? Who, who, who told you that? Every time that he's in, he's the only one attacking uh, and pressing the goalkeeper. He's the only one hustling down. Yeah. He's the only happened? one that hustled and, during and the and game. He came in and he scored a goal. Yes. Yeah, so okay. That's the so proof that's to you that he has to play every game. That's not Pioli's fault. He's Okay, I'll tell you one thing. That they were playing with 10 players, okay, and they were losing 2 nothing, and they tied the game 2-2. Uh-huh. Okay, that's and then not, what did Pioli that, do? That's not an Pioli. easy task. Yeah, what did Pioli do? Okay, that's you, you should push them up you, instead of saying, okay, you should, you should blame Jovic, you should blame for getting well, the record. Well, that's number one. I would okay? find him. Because I would find him a lot of money. Because with 11 against 11, he would have won that game. Okay, because what happened to Monza is uh, it, they were winning 2 nothing. They were playing with for 40 minutes. You know what they did? They passed the ball back to the goalkeeper. They got for scared. 40 minutes. They got scared. They passed the ball back to the goalkeeper. And it was 2-2 game. And then they realized, oh my God, we have a we have 10 minutes left. Let's put. As soon as they pushed, they were playing good. You're playing against 10 players. You know, that's not Pioli's fault. Let me remind you something. AC Milan tied the game, tied the game almost al novantesimo, two minutes before the end of the game, before the end of regulation time, okay? Yeah. So is Pioli, the smart guy, instead of realizing the game is over, let's not really, you know, uh, go too much over. At least we saved our face and we saved the game. Let's just step back a little bit more and maybe on a counter. Pioli, he pushes everybody out and you get yourself with a defense. I, I don't think with, they, I don't think that was the case. With yeah. that defense, with the defense that we have, you guys, him and him and Grela, they keep, they keep going over stats. A similar defense this year, it's a disgrace, okay? I'm not sure whether Magnan is on the top of his game either. I think I blame him too because he's the leader. He should be the leader of the defense. Maybe it's not keeping everybody, uh, you know, uh, on in, a lot of individual check. mistakes overall. And yeah. it's right that we focused on Milan, but let's also say Monza. I was very impressed with the way that they played. They went out of this game where they're in mid table, right? They have not been able to beat the big teams like they did last year. But Paladino has a real system. He oftentimes lacks a striker, and that's been one of the criticisms of the team. He said today was the day to be the cherry on top of the cake. They were playing with house money, so they could do whatever they wanted. But I love how organized his team is. And I wanted to bring up to you guys where we see Paladino going because at the end of the season. Because I really imagine him taking the next step up. Let's say, for example, Fiorentina, Italiano, Mozan, or maybe Bologna. Doesn't, if they don't make champions about against Thiago Milan, Motta, about Milan, Paladino, Milan, and Pioli is learning from him next to him. I see, I see Paladino taking the next step, not a Champions League team, 
right below Champions League. Your where, do you, where do you guys see? Do you think he's ready for that? Or do you think he should stay at Monza? Or do you think he should even take a bigger step at like a Napoli, for example? I think it might take a sideway job like how Yuri did with Verona, then went to Torino. Just because I feel like um, it's, it is a difficult level and that job security isn't real. When you go up that big of a thing without t- being completely proven... They can cause a lot of headaches. It can be too big for some uh, coaches. But I, l- I love to see him tackle a bigger team. If a team like, who knows, Milan or who knows, Napoli in Milan's the summer going to need some. Like, that's, that's Milan, what, Milan's too But big. that's why I'm just saying it could be too much for some coaches. That he's, 30, think, he's the youngest coach in the league, 39 years he's, old. He's got plenty of time. He's got decades ahead of him for all that experience. So. I just think there, or I should say there's other candidates who are probably more suited if Pioli does leave Milan than Palladino. I think Palladino could, should stay where he is, really, unless there's this exodus of coaches I can see him maybe in a Lazio but then at the same time the responsibilities amplify yeah Yeah. and and now you're stuck where you have to be result driven exactly with the Monza team the team plays excellent you know they what I like about is the is the balance of their approach uh, to the games and also the ability to you know no matter who's kind of playing Mm -hmm. they're able to to make something work this year he struggled scoring so I think, you know, even for next year, for him to stay at Monza, as long as the project is solid, and they invest a little it bit, would right? be, well, it would they, be. They've lost players though. To be, they're they did, they're yeah. above points last year. Yeah, and they've lost players. They lost Carlos, Carlos Augusto, Augusto. They lost Rovella. They lost Sensi. Yeah, they never brought in. They a lost top the quality. striker. They got they got. Yeah, but no, they muscle. got Juric. They got Juric. They got Colombo. They just, they just signed. I know, them. They just signed. They but just okay, signed what I see Milan sign, we just signed Terracciano because we are uh, we, we need defenders. Oh, what do you what do you mean? Back to Milan. About Paladino. <laughs> about Paladino. Is any anything impressive, or you just think that he's Paladino, too early to tell? Uh, he was. Uh, I have seen him play, and it was impressive. I was disappointed yesterday really? because he was winning to nothing uh, for forty minutes. He passed the ball back to the goalkeeper. I cannot tell you how many times in those forty minutes, and they tied the game two two. I he it was tied over. the game two two. But then he went on to win I it. Okay, it but it, in the last few minutes, because everybody pressed and they, you know, they were desperate to press. And he, but why did he? He was like scared. Yeah. He was winning two nothing he to was. me, and he was scared. He was. It's Monza against Milan. Okay, but you know that's how you're winning. With an extra man, he won four two. Even you, when they got to three two, he went on a, and pushed forward. You you have been successful because you put pressure. You know you you're not scared. That's why sometimes you know some of those teams they are successful and some of those coaches the young coach because they're not scared. I thought he was scared on the two nothing. He got really scared, and they were playing with ten players. It's not that they were playing with it. You know, if it was eleven eleven, I can understand. They were playing with ten players. Understood. You Understood. just needed to push yeah. to push and find the open man instead of giving the ball always back to the keeper. Speaking about scared approaches and uh, poor form. Juventus and uh, Max Allegri. So in one month, Juventus completely threw away their chances at competing with Inter for Scudetto against teams that you would never imagine. All teams that are fighting at the bottom of the table. Inter, uh, Peter's holding his smile in, as I mentioned all of this. It all started with the game against Empoli. Immediately got the red card. They tied 1-1, followed by a loss to Udinese, followed by a loss to Inter. And now the nail in the coffin, or it probably was done already before this, the draw against Verona. And it was not just a draw, it was an awful performance from this team. And there's been so much debate online, and I've seen pundits in Italy talk about this. The the amount of disagreement on this topic is ridiculous to me. And I want to know where you guys stand. 
is Allegri underachieving or overachieving with this Juve? Because I've seen people say, oh my God, he's they have they spend the most money. They spent $150 million on three players. They spent so much on their salary. And then I've seen others who said, this squad, nobody could coach this this team. I, There's no talent within the squad. Who said that? Yeah, I mean, There's uh, yeah. many people that I mean, Allegri himself yeah. says the goal was top four. It was not the challenge for the Scudetto. Well, he says, I have a young team. I have a team that hasn't competed for anything yet. Well, you got to take Allegri's um, post-match comments with a grain of salt because he's one of the masters of mind games and he likes job security. So he'd say whatever he can to put himself in the best position. But I do. F- I, I, I was saying it from the beginning of the season. I do feel like uh, this Juventus ha- have been underachieving just because I, I I feel like I bring it up every podcast. Uh, they have no Europe. They got the luxury of playing the same amount of games as a mid-table Serie A team when in fact they have a much bigger wage bill and much more talented players and they don't play like a top team in Italy. They play like they don't have those players. So I put all the blame on Allegri to be honest with you and I think the only way for Juventus to progress is to get a new coach in the summer. Okay. Who else is underachieving? Who else stays on the side of underachieving? Underachieving? Yeah, yeah, he's underachieving. I mean, the players that he has, you know, maybe it's not the greatest Juventus team that you ever you ever seen, but there's players that have quality that play for the national teams of their respective, you know, countries. And the team, that, I was going to say, like, national teams of a national team. That's what I was saying. But, you know, you have you have guys that are legit players and you're not you're not able to, to do more, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think... What I said even before, like Allegri is is his style of play and how they're and and what they're doing. You're not doing anything more. You're not you're not creating a, a system of play where the you see the fans can actually get behind their team and you see improvements. That's going a good forward. way of putting it. I think. Yeah, and in three years, have we really seen? Progression. He dealt with problems last yeah. year for sure. But have you seen an improvement? And even in, even in terms of a plan B, right? Because like the game against Verona, for example, right? You know you're playing against Verona. You're playing against one of the bottom teams. They're another side that can't score goals. Yeah. It's so difficult for them to score goals. Yeah, you conceded those opportunities because the team looks mentally weak. But then even when you have the opportunity to adjust and, for example, play Yildiz and Chiesa together for more no, than two never, minutes. Never. And yeah, and you got Avlaovic at scoring goals. Eight goals in eight games and two assists. But does he take him out then? I don't get it but because you know, he only knows not one the way. Three? That's the thing because how I see it, he lives and dies with the w- system. What we said before about Inzaghi in his first year, oh, this guy with the substitutes and everything else, or he leaves the defense too open. He's able to adjust. He's able to make things better. This Inter team, they go forward more than anybody else, mm. but defensively they're solid. So he's able to find a perfect balance. You have these players, you're responsible to figuring out how to put them on the field. You have Yildiz, you have Chiesa, you have Vlahovic. Those three guys have to play every game. But he doesn't want to play them three together. Because he's afraid to to allow the goal. Because he doesn't have a different idea of the game. And unfortunately, you hurt player values. Because now you're not able to sell players. So on the business side, you have that. And you guys aren't able to win anything. And unfortunately, you have an Inter in front of you that's running on all cylinders. On pace with what Napoli did last year. Mm. So it is unfortunate. But... You just win one nothing. You don't. The problem is not solved. That's what, you still have a, a bigger why, issue. Babe, here. But that's what those guys are. These guys are perfect corporate corporate coach yeah. that is result driven. That they, 
winning dirty but there's as no long results. as you get the three points. There's no results. That's why. There hasn't and been I, results in years. That's what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is, again, why why is Juventus in love with this kind of a dirty, dirty mind people that I said, hey, uh, anything, just win <laughs> one nothing. Forget about soccer. Forget, forget about the, you know, the beauty of the game. Forget about just the, you know, uh, Because they people. tried that. They tried that with Sarri. It's and then not, they realized, oh boy, we don't care about looking good or trying to play a good style if it's going to cost us winning immediately. But now they're also in a pickle where they're not getting either one. They are in love with this stiff. It's a stiff, this guy what here, that he has to make them play exactly the way he wants. God forbid you have yieldis that he wants. He has a, a lot extra fantasy that he wants to just, you know, be a free-range dude and just... You know, <laughs> free range dude. Yeah, a chicken, a chicken, yeah. yeah. And just, you know, going all dude. over, just eating grass all over the field. But, uh, <laughs> eating grass all over the field. Unfortunately. What was the artificial term? Yeah. So, what he does, what he, he said, you staying over here, don't move over here because you move four or five inches to left or right, That's you're going to be benched. Grass. I know. So, now, what do you think? Well, with the players that he has, almost every player is a national team player, and uh, he, he hasn't. He doesn't have the, the European League. He doesn't have the Champions League. He has a whole week to prepare for a game. And with the players that he have, I mean, he should be a solid uh, uh, second place to Inter. He's not better than Inter, but he should be right there, you know, challenging to, to uh, not with, uh, uh, you know, 10 points behind if they win against uh, Atalanta. Uh, so I think that Allegri is... Uh, is not for a Juventus team. It doesn't. Where is the identity of Juventus? You know the way they play. You you have certain coaches that create an identity and they say, oh, this is the way they play. Mm. How does how does they play? How do they play? Uh, I think he's also with Chiesa. He doesn't know where to put him. He's a forward. He's a wing. He changes his position. Well, he doesn't even let him play as a winger now. Yeah. There's reports yeah. today from uh, Repubblica. That said, Chiesa, at the end of the year, they're going to have to make a decision because yeah. he wants to play in a 4-3-3. He wants to play in a different system, and Juventus have to make a decision. Do you continue, for example, if the rumors are true, with an Allegri or with a Chiesa? But you could see it. You could see it by the attitude of the way that they play. I mean, he doesn't change anything. He has... A he, he, he would have, when Dybala was there, he had the perfect... He could have played a 4-2-3-1 with one Vlaovic and then Dybala give him all the freedom that 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 he could have. Now he's got Chiesa. If you play the 4-1-4-1 and you have Chiesa out wide and the guy's got the freedom to go <laughs> anywhere he wants, I mean, that, I think that would kill everybody. You know, but he sticks to a certain play. There's... Um, it, it just doesn't. Um, I don't. I don't like it. One shocking stat that I saw: Verona in their last two games against Monza and Napoli had three shots on target in the last two games combined. Against Juventus in the first half, they had five shots on target. How in the world is that even possible? Also, a Verona side who's changed like ten players. I was about to say they, so many different guys. They whole, went heavy in the world. Dutch league. It was hard to like. Remember oh, some of the players oh, to, to know some yeah. of the guys that were there. Speaking about shots on target, Lazio did the unthinkable. Lazio did something that none of us believed was possible in the first leg. Did he say that? Yeah, he said it. You said Lazio was going to win? That's why. Well, he said it when uh, they were up 1-0, maybe. No, 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 no. Go check the tape. Go I'm check gonna, the tape. I'm going to check the tape. But Lazio made us very proud the winning tape. one. Tape. Tape. They won 1-0 over Bayern Munich. Um, and I want to know from you guys, do you think that they will keep this lead? Or did they oh. make a mistake 
not going for the second goal because Upa Makano got a red card. Byron were down. A man. They had opportunities. Felipe Anderson, Isaksin, Pedro to score the second goal because of the way that the game was going. I know it sounds spoiled to say, but do you think they made a mistake not going for the second? Uh, Lazio drives me crazy. I I said after the game against Bayern, I wrote it in the chat. They played so beautiful. And I said, this team should be number two, the way they play against Bayern. They should be the number two team, not better than Inter, but they should be right after Inter, the way they played. It was amazing. And then this Sunday, I mean, they started pretty good. They're winning one nothing. Mm. Um, Immobile is in front of the goal. He misses the goal. Um, they they had a shot with uh, where the the goalkeeper touches it with his fingertips, otherwise the ball goes in. So they could have been up a couple of goals, and then they make one mistake, and uh, a bunch of idiots. Back to the keeper. Yeah, that was your yeah. favorite type of yeah, play, yeah, right, Gattano? So th- this is the play. <laughs> The fullback, the fullback gives the ball to the Here goalkeeper. He, he gives the fullback. There are three oh, guys. There are three hold guys. Him, hold him. One, two, three. One, two, three. I'm the goalkeeper. He gives the ball to me. I'm the goalkeeper. So now I got to see where I, I'm going to bring the ball. He's got four players from the other team inside the area, and he gives the ball to Luis Alberto right Jeez. on top of the box. And then Luis Alberto, he gives a ball that the guy, how is the goalkeeper going to control a ball? A ball dropping, he's got three, four guys next to him. I mean, this is, I don't know, how can a coach, a Serie A coach, have something like that happen? Uh, a maestro. It, 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 that's unthinkable. Nah, you know, I, I, we, were, we learned that when the goalkeeper has the ball, you open up. Open up as far as you can, you get the ball. And now you got three guys inside the area and you give it to the goalkeeper. To me, if I was a coach... The goalkeeper will not allow to touch the ball if <laughs> a, a player from the other team is inside the area. You can give the ball to the goalkeeper, but nobody has to be inside the area from the other team. Um. Anyway, <laughs> good rant. I know that you are holding. You okay, Gatano? You okay? <laughs> oh, you feel good? Check his blood pressure, please. <laughs> but and Bayern, Bayern is has been really bad. Their their form has been awful. They lost three in a row. They lost to Leverkusen. They're eight points behind in the table. They lost to Bokum this mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. Uba Makano also got another red card. They oh, had Lacho wow. in between that. Oh, wow. Tuchel might not even be the coach by that time. But either way, what do you make? Do you think Lacho can win in the second leg in Germany? Listen, you have the one nothing advantage. You know, you should feel confident in your play. But this Bayern team, I think, is very strong. And even though their recent, you know, uh, form hasn't been great, they don't play next week. They play in two, three weeks, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, so weeks, co- yeah. by then, I think whether it's a change of a coach or just getting those nerves you know, out a little bit, this Bayern team, they have the individual players to be able to hurt you. Now, on the other hand, Lazio, we said it. Gaetano said it. The way that they play when they're on, it's very, it's very hard to beat. Mm. But you need to score that second goal. I think at that point, you put yourself in the driver's seat when you have the opportunity to... Make sure that you kill when when the opponent is down. Speaking of this, it's looking very good for Italian teams so far. And I really don't want to jinx it. I don't want to say anything. But there was a stat from Opta, uh, who's a very reputable stat company. Mm, I know you, you like hate, you guys I know you love hate the stats, stats right? Wow, I know this is a trigger yeah, word. Paolo. For yeah. Antonio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they, they wrote that Italy has an 85% chance to finish with 
five teams in the Champions League for next year, considering mm. how many teams have gone forward. Milan will be in next year. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> wow, you think it's funny? <laughs> that was hilarious. That was very good. You know, oh, you, you are asking for it. I got to tell you something. Hey, but when, you, quiet. when you call me, I answer. Well, yeah, that's right. Not like, not like this guy here. <laughs> what do you guys think? Uh, Is it still too, too soon to tell? Because the top two leagues next year, which one is going to be England, the second one, Italy, Spain, Germany, France. France is actually really low. They're like six right now. They're not doing well at all. Do you guys think, do you feel confident that we'll finish in the top two? Well, we're in a good position right now. So I, I was, Where did you get most of the point for you to be on the top? But you, Just for international, you, you know the way you're doing internationally? Because, you because Milan, Milan actually saved them a lot. Because by going down to Europa League, it doesn't hurt the actual coefficient. You get the same amount. You're getting the same Champions amount. Champions League or Conference League or Europa League. You get so the same amount because of also Fiorentina did extremely well in the Conference League. They're continuing to do it. Yeah. Atalanta went to the next stage already. Uh, Milan won 3-0 against it ends. They'll probably progress once again. So all of the teams, we've only had uh, one team drop out. Mm -hmm. yeah. Who's this? Who's Who's Roma? No, Roma's still in. No, Roma's still in. No, no teams dropped out. Oh, Milan dropped out of Champions Milan dropped League. out. Yes, yes, yes. Dropped out, right. yeah, but, but they're, yes. The, they're all yes. in the same uh, UEFA I think we have a good chance, a very good chance. Of, I mean, a very, very high chance that we're going to have a five teams. What percentage? I would <laughs> say, uh, I would put 97. <laughs> 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 so, having said that, having said the 97% chance, <laughs> Bologna currently are the team that's in fifth place. They're, they're going above and beyond uh, uh, any expectation that anyone uh, ever put on them. You just uh, mentioned they beat Lazio 2-1 somehow. If they get Champions League football, I know we've talked about Thiago Motta leaving. All of the big pieces want to get picked off. Do you think Thiago Motta and Zirkze, they should stay at Bologna and try to create something special? They have Champions League football. They have an incredible group. They have a great Direttore Sportivo who's put this all together. What's so impressive about them is that in the big games, they have no fear. I'll remind you, they beat Lazio twice. They've beaten in Atalanta. They beat Roma. They knocked Inter out of the Coppa Italia. They have ties against Inter, Milan, Juventus, and Napoli this season. I would love to think that they, um, if they do end up making Champions League somehow, that they're going to stick together. So just but, should. Don't, don't prediction. Should okay. they do it? Me personally? Yeah. Should I they? I if you were them. If you were Thiago Motta and Zirkse, would, would Wait, you make a I, pack? If I was Thiago Motta, then I have a team like Milan or Juve or Inter calling me. Am I going to stay? Ugh, that's, I like I like believing things, but that's, if, that's if too far If you're in Champions fetch. League, you should stay. But you're, you're going to get three times your salary. You're going to get better players. You're going to get you're going to sign a bigger contract over so there. So what? what you, 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 so you made a miracle in uh, in Bologna with Ziggy Zaga. You'll stay. Exactly. And remember that miracle Let him stay. while you're traveling to another club i'm just being, i just think what so I, you what think, I think you think happen. you think if they make champions league they should they should stay somehow you should stay give me tell uh, saputo give me some a yeah, couple okay. more players some yeah okay <laughs> some cheese. Listen, i think that i give would give me some more players I, I would rephrase the question this way will bologna with the champions league now will bologna be able to keep tiago motta and zirkse with all the pressure already coming from the outside it's Europe it's Italy it's technically everybody's looking at those two as a, as a, as a group as a pack mm -hmm. they want them to get it's like you get a panettone and the bottiglia and the spumante you get a panettone and the spumante right <laughs> next to it so everybody's looking at them no is Bologna no, is Bologna can Bologna make it a sacrifice that economic sacrifice to say hey listen at any cost we want you here 
Forget about what the they're Champions offering League you. revenue, basically. Yeah, right. So forget about what they're mm. offering you. We're going to up your salary to, to this much here. Sign here. I will make them, I will press them right now <laughs> to sign them. That's they, it. No That's the only way. They would way. never do it before. So I don't Peter, think they're going to stay. What do you think about What's going on, Anto? Pete, what do you think? No, I, if, if I were them, I would stay because of the track record of the sporting director. I think even with Atalanta, when they first made the Champions League, we were all questioning, should the top players stay? And they ended up staying and it worked miracles for them. Mm. You know, they didn't go on to win the Champions League. They got close though. Okay, but they, almost they, they, they made a nice run mm. and they, they play football and they maintain Champions League status. That's and they different. still are, mm-hmm. because of the, that run, are a team that is competing for the fourth spot in Champions mm-hmm. League this year as well. So I think when when things are right with the with the team and with the with the club, a coach feels comfortable to stay, especially when you make this Champions League because there's extra revenue coming in and you already are able to play or punch at that level. Mm-hmm. I think with one year in Champions League, and I believe he'll do well, Thiago Mota with this Bologna team in a Champions League, maybe he doesn't, get out of the group stage, but his style of play and what he can do will definitely cause more attention. Pull like an forward. Ajax. Oh, yeah. Could be like that. that. But Bologna have to invest Back in the them. team. And the <laughs> thing is, you got nothing to lose. Because if you get out, you're supposed to get out. But can you imagine if you go to the next, oh, yeah. to the next stage? And Bologna, uh, I don't know if they were ever in the um, Champions League. I know that I remember when I was a little kid, they won, they won uh, Campionato. They had a good team. They had some excellent players, Alan Bascuti. They had some... Bulgarelli. Bulgarelli was a number 10. He played for the national team. Not in the current Champions League, no, at least. No, no, no. No, no, no. Era Copa dei Campioni. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they ever played there, but they, they did. Yeah, I guess if you win the championship the next You're year, you play... Yeah. You play in the Copa different. It was different back yeah. then. I think it was only the winner, right? right? It wasn't yeah, the top it was, four. Yeah, it was the winner. So you spoke about Atalanta as as well, mm-hmm. and I mean this team. I don't know why it is, but for some reason they are always under the radar. We always seem to underrate them, but what they're doing right now is amazing. They seem almost secure for the fourth place at this point. They're twenty twenty four, six wins in a row, nineteen goals scored, three conceded. They won three zero against Sassuolo. They're only seven points behind Milan Juventus fighting over there for the second spot. They have a game in hand. It is against Inter. But what do you, what do you guys think? And I just want to add, and Lukman still hasn't get, got uh, into the squad. He's still not a hundred percent fit. So when he comes back, I mean, even even more firepower there if they needed any. Why is know? it then that they're always overlooked yet always perform? I never overlook at them. <laughs> I don't. I never do that. You're the guru, though. We're not all at your level. Oh, thank you. The rest of us. I appreciate. I appreciate you. you are at least Monza also is not a mid-level team. Okay. So. All right. So, uh, uh, oh wow. wow. Listen. He doesn't, he doesn't overlook Belgium. We listen. found that out last week. Belgium too. <laughs> listen. Belgium. Uh, <laughs> listen. Look who's the coach of Atalanta. You know. I thought you yeah, actually said a smart thing. The but they actually got players. But it's, it's not just the coach. Even this year, they got a lot of players, players who are performing. Are yeah. Cup Miners CDK. is performing. CDK, Miranchuk. Lukman. Lukman. Where do you think he's coming Ederson, from? Ederson, Deron, Scalvini. Akama. Oh, Carnesecchi. Carnesecchi. They have a goalkeeper so. making the difference. He saved two penalties. He yeah. saved two penalties. Look who's taking the penalty. Come on, Pinamonte. man. That's <laughs> actually, they were teammates yeah, back in the day. Yo, Pinamonte looked like he had no confidence. Ridiculous. Both times he looked so... 
How the hell are you miss two penalties one after the other? I think Atalanta is a team that with Gasperini there's stability and then you have the ownership that's come in but that they also too. gave you know the management role to the Percassi kept mm-hmm. with the Percassi family who have been doing an amazing job even outside of Rightfully soccer so, yeah. even outside of uh, football what did, what did they, they do outside of football um they're invested in all these different companies but um for example they did the Kiko Milano the so coffee the, no it's uh, makeup it's like a Italian uh, Sephora supposedly gonna get private equity to come in and that's Percassi Percassi family wow. invested in it um Antico Vinayo hmm. they have an they, did? they have an agreement yeah. with them to help with the I franchise that's model. right there's two there, yeah, there's the, three, three in the city three in the city three yeah. we went Mike and I went the other week it's very so good, good stuff yeah. right so there is one that is going to be opening that. on 25th street 25th and broadway by the way how do i know we'll, we'll invoice them for that uh that nice shout out that you i gave. like how he has his own question how do i know <laughs> like no one else asked them the uh, one, one, one more one more topic uh for the night uh roma won as well against mm. uh frosinone di francesco against uh, de rossi they were both on the same team when barcelona did that but come back di francesco wanted de rossi as assistant coach for quite some time there was one storyline that I, I found pretty interesting and I figured most of us would disagree. Hoysen, the 18-year-old who's on loan from Juventus, scored an unbelievable goal. I mean, the guy scored a goal like a number 10. World class. It was ridiculous. And then afterward, he hit the C, he did like the Ronaldo celebration, and then he shushed the crowd. He shushed the Frosinone fans because I guess they were whistling him throughout the entire game. He got a yellow card. De Rossi took him off. But Di Francesco, after the game, said he wanted to go over and smack uh, Hoysen <laughs> because he was so mad. At what he did for shushing the fans, De Rossi said, "Listen, he's a young kid. He's he's as young as my my daughter. He making a mistake. He's never he's gonna learn from that in the past." I think that's wrong, one hundred percent. You part? can do that. Which part? I mean, the Di Francesco is wrong, and De Rossi is wrong for taking him out. You you can you know he you took him out because he was on a yellow card. Wow. The yellow card was wrong too. You can do that too. You can. You're not taking the shirt off. You just uh, the the crowd was booing him the, the entire time that That's he touched true. the they ball. Were him. So for him yeah. just to do like they, they didn't give the middle finger to anybody, he just shushed them. That's it. And for that, is that within the regulation? I would challenge that, that yellow card. Yeah, it is. I would no, definitely it challenge. It's, it's, it's like, excessive celebration. Uh, provo- excessive, what's celebration? He's telling them, hey. But you're provoking the crowd. What you were making it. I face. think it's wrong. Uh, doesn't Lukaku does that every game? Well, he he doesn't do it directly towards yeah. towards those fans. Like he was, Hoisin was doing that towards the Frosinone fans that were booing him. That's just Lukaku celebration, and he was also given uh, card. We remember in the game against uh, Juventus. I don't agree he with that one hundred percent. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, now yeah, he does right. it. I think almost every game. I think that's because they understood, they understood that he's not doing it towards a crowd. Yeah. It's not like he's okay. it's just like a signature thing. Okay. And some context for the um, the Hoisin thing. Um, for the people that don't know, he was actually close before going to Roma. Uh, Frosinone were actually close of oh, getting yeah. him. In yeah, the point. That's, that's the reason why they were booing him. So that's why they were booing him. And that's why they're I mean, booing him. Yes. I mean, listen, as a young player, 19-year-old, you score an amazing goal. And everyone, once you touch a ball, everyone's jeering at you. I get there's frustration also. But then again, you're also professional. So I do see both sides of it. I don't I don't so. know. I Personally, I don't get why you give the guy a, give the kid a little card. I'm with Antonio. I can't believe I'm saying that. I completely agree with Antonio. For me... <laughs> For, for, hey, check the temperature of the guy over there. Maybe <laughs> for me, they, they're booing you the entire game, right? I get that you're insinuating a crowd. I don't agree with it. What do you do? He told the guys be quiet. It's That's the right all. thing. No middle he finger. Scored, he scored a beautiful goal, no and he said you guys booing me the entire time. Now you be quiet. That's it. As a competitor, I would understand why he would do that. 
Yeah, yeah, part of the just, rules, I guess. Yeah, you should I, get the blue card. Yeah, I have, <laughs> no, I have no problem with that. I mean, the kid uh, is what 18, 19 years old. 18, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's he's it's amazing what the, the the goals that he scored and the you know the person, the character, the personality that he's got to to get the ball and go and dribble from midfield. And two goals and, in his and, last three games. You know, and I mean, that's amazing. And he couldn't find I, space uh, on Juventus. He's <laughs> a Juventus player, isn't he? He's going back to Juventus at the end of the season. Oh, wow. They have no option to buy. And he already has more goals than Belotti had for Roma, by the way. <laughs> Another fun stat. Thanks, thanks for that stat, Mike. I, I, I don't know. I have no problem with that, with what he did. There's too many yellow Roma cards in Serie A. Yeah. You know, too many. Yellow defended. cards for everything. Too sure. many. But even even with the, the referees in England, Premier League, mm. they, they tell them F off every single mm. time. I all who I said to F off to who? <laughs> we want they names. tell who's they tell F off. Hold on. We the players. Addresses. Oh, the players that tell we'll F off. If you do that in Italy, you're getting a red card. How did you? you say, what did you? What did you hear that? <laughs> Wait a moment. He's the so players that tell the referees. Yeah, he can read lips. Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. That's yeah. news. News to me. Yeah, yeah. They're much more able to to go back and forth with the ref. <clears throat> in Italy, you have even if you say one thing, you'll get a yellow card. Or the the the, the coaches right away. The more I'm off the referee train. I used to stick up for them. I was nah, like, you know what? They had much. they had a an, they have a difficult job. There's so much pressure. I can never imagine wanting to be a referee. Just in my mindset, I would never think to do that. But lately, I, I listened to some of the open VAR that yeah. they have now at Dazon, and especially the one with Summer and their explanation of the plays, and then the ignorance. In my opinion, the way that I see the game, the ignorance of only watching the one replay and they only show him this one replay and the way that they're explaining to the referee what he's got to go see and then he goes to the monitor after wasting 20 minutes talking right listening he goes to the monitor and he watches one angle and then decides the whole thing the communication between them it drives me nuts and i agree with you there's way too many yellow cards yeah. there's too much pride there's too much ignorance of adapting to ego. the new way ego. I think ego is the right word ego you know what you're on the topic right now I'm, I have to say this because I gotta get out of is my it chest about Milan yes <laughs> oh, I gotta get it out of my chest okay and then we'll conclude right. the podcast who was on the VAR room uh, when Milan played Atalanta oh, no idea that <laughs> idiot of Di Bello okay <laughs> that you are <laughs> Hernandez was grabbed, was grabbed with two hands. Who? Okay, when when uh, Di Gregorio, when Di Gregorio came out and he got hurt, okay, he, he was grabbed. I think it was uh, uh, what's his name, uh, um, uh, the, the defender. Uh, what's his name of the defender? No, no, no. Jim City. No. Uh, Baresi. Maldini. Oh, Baroni, Baroni. One of those things. One of those things. Anyway, he got he grabbed him for, with two hands Baroni. from the eye. Who's got, that's a coach. I, <laughs> yo, yo, let me finish. But we need to know the player. Right? We, we need to know the player. What's the player? If you think the producer, he got he got grabbed with the two hands. Teo Hernandez was about to hit the ball to hit the ball inside of the net. So the guy grabbed him. The guy grabbed him. Di Bello, Di Bello saw it. Everything I saw it. I didn't need to go to the bar. I saw it. No penalty. You're watching there. It on Why video. was no penalty? The Why guy, there was no penalty? We have the enemies the on the, the field. Colombo was on the field. Concussion. Lieutenant Colombo was on the field. And then we have Di Bello over there. The worst. The worst. And they've always been kept 
on the on the pitch those guys those guys that should be fired including the the, 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 the gonna, guy that does we're the gonna be like MLS we're gonna have yes, no referees yes that's right that's right um, I have a couple friends over here we can get Gianluca to, to ref the game over yeah, there even you know, that's a disgrace that it is a disgrace understood okay guys thank you everybody for All watching right. make sure you like subscribe so rate this podcast chest. do you want green no 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 don't, don't do you want green yes or not I absolutely thank you. you okay guys for the record they Milan was penalized <laughs> <laughs> okay, was penalized, which was, was not record. given a penalty. Guys, thank you for watching. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao, ragazzi. You were penalized with no penalty?